Blau und weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute. Wie geht's? Willkommen zum Das Einziger Schalker Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalker Podcast worldwide. This is episode 85 of Schalke America, and I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. Joining me on the show is, as always, co-host Jack Mangan. Uh, how are we doing on this uh, Monday evening, Jack? Not bad. Not bad. Uh, unfortunately... Not going to be a particularly fun podcast, I don't think, because of what we had to uh, witness this past weekend. Uh, I was really hoping it wasn't going to be one of those podcasts, but uh, kind of had a bad feeling it might be, given how we had been playing recently. And uh, here we are, I guess. Considering uh, what we're going to have to talk about tonight, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> Just some bourbon. Nothing spent. Nothing fancy. Uh, I'm drinking uh, water because it is bland, much like the the way Shaka played this past weekend. Um <laughs> Whoa, what a game it was, man. It was uh, very, very hard to watch. A 0-0 scoreline. Um, you want to go through the highlights really quick based on Shaka's website here? here here's the website. Here's the a, here's a, a highlights from them. Uh, Kenny returns from injury back to the starting lineup. Uh, Hertha, uh, Hertha. <laughs> uh, Mines with the better of the chances. Nastasia's with the best chance for Shaka the first half. McKinney's shot goes close. Quaison off the bar, McKenney hits it wide. That's the highlights of the game, Jack. Um, wasn't much to talk about, at least from a um, highlight perspective. Uh, it, the main thing is that we've been struggling offensively, and the formations in this game in particular, it was just all out of whack, right? I and mean, you brought this to my attention, and I didn't even notice because I was watching the game, and I guess it must have been lulled to sleep that I did, totally missed this. But once you brought it to my attention, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. It was kind of weird. Talk a little bit about what the heck was going on or at least what you were seeing well so the offense has been a point of concern for the entire season but we had kind of been getting away with it for a while um and what you're beginning to see is that we're we're no longer able to do that uh how many goals have we scored in Bundesliga games at least in the in the rook runda three in the rook runda we have scored three and that's dfp the dfb cup we scored two and then we scored or scored three there excuse me and then one uh, against uh, paderborn other than that we hadn't scored in january or february and what that's in five five games something like that it's in five six games six games we had four goals total and that includes the dfb cup yeah so i mean like excluding that we had one goal well we had we had some, I mean, we, so we had we had the two goals against Gladbach, right? And then we had the one oh, against yeah, Paderborn. Yeah, right. yeah, we, so, yeah, yeah, good call. But it, it, the point the point being, um, it, it's been pretty brutal to start the season, and it, it's beginning to cause problems. So now, now what you see is that we've we've now dropped to sixth place in the table, um, just three points off of eighth place, and I think we're already four points off of fifth, a, a whopping six points off of Champions League spots. Now that's how quickly it can happen. Um, and so I guess that's the positive spin just being that if we can get into the situation that quickly, we can probably get out of it. Um, 
fairly quickly as well if we turn things around. But this is what we were concerned about, right? We had we had a three game stretch here against teams that are all close to the bottom of the table in Hertha, Mainz, Paderborn. Yep. And that's a run of fixtures that you would say if we're trying to qualify for the Champions League, which we are, we should probably get seven to nine points, right? Hundred out of those out of those games and we've ended up with three with three consecutive draws and it, it's just it's just not good enough um it's it's just i mean there's nothing else to say about it, it it's not good enough it's not going to get us where we need to go and you and i were concerned about this we i was hoping it wasn't going to go this way and we were gonna be able to turn things around against Mainz. but um you know here we are we, we've wasted opportunities now in three consecutive games and um now we got some some digging to do and it's coming at a moment where it's looking like that's going to be difficult because our next opponent is rb leipzig but anyway um <laughs> as far as this, as far as this game goes, I think I sent out a tweet in like the 15th minute, essentially just commenting on how bad we looked. And I don't think I sent another tweet out for the rest of the game because nothing really changed. Right. Um, that was one of the worst performances of the season for us, in my opinion. Um, and I know that like, you know, it's not like we got hammered for a bunch of goals or anything. It was a pretty boring nil nil draw. But as far as the performance goes, that was brutal. We lacked ideas going forward it was it was just a mess the build-up shape was like one of the strangest things i've seen so i we've talked about this a couple times but we line up more often than not in what's sort of nominally a 4-4-2 diamond right Right. um and then oftentimes in build-up mascarell will drop deep and split the center backs they'll kind of go out a little bit more wide and you'll kind of have a back three to build in this particular situation um you had like what was almost at times i guess like a three three two two or something. Yeah, yeah. Where it's weird. You, yeah, you'd have this back line of of um, Tadebo and Nastasic and, and Mascarell, and then in front of that you'd have Ochipka out left, and then Harit or somebody dropping deep, and then you'd have McKenny as sort of like almost like a wingback position or something weird. And then you'd have John Joe Kenny as one of the furthest players up the field, far on the right. There were, I mean, it, it was it was just this, this really strange look. There were times where, where Gregorich was dropping um, deeper than McKenny was, and he was kind of acting as one of the players to receive an initial pass from, from that back line. Uh, we, we saw that work unsuccessfully over the past couple seasons I mean, with Mark Oot, right? Right. Where there are times that try to have him drop in the midfield that wasn't working. Um, it, it was just it was just this really really strange system that did not yield any results in, in my opinion, and um, it certainly contributed. I I don't know what that was. I, I mean, it's possible that we've done that at different points in the season, and I haven't noticed it. But it really stood out as just a really strange way to organize yourselves in possession um, as you try to build. I know you said you didn't um, necessarily notice that as we were playing, but I mean. Hearing that's because that I was bored any- to death. That's because <laughs> I was bored to death, and I was like, "Okay, whatever." It's just, we're just playing. But then when you started talking, about it, I'm like, "Why is Gregorich pretty much in a regista role in a, in a sixth position, trying to pick <laughs> the ball in midfield?" Um, like you said, Kenny was way up top, you know, and and Harit was really low. And you're like, "What's going on?" And um, we got some answers, sort of, um, from Andreas Ernst. Uh, many of you know he's a big Schalke fan and a news reporter for uh, over in Germany. Uh, and so he was. Uh, I guess he he got a hold of the the press conference, or he was there. Uh, and and the questions, all these questions were asked about the formation, what the hell was going on to Wagner. Uh, and Wagner explained the like the change of Harit really the way he, um, he had a feeling that Schalke can only create a, a opportunities through the wings, not through the center. So he kind of made a move there, and and that's why uh, Miranda Tadiba were out of the were out of the lineup, and Kabak was you know wasn't good enough. Um, 
continued on also saying that um, after the game, many uh, supporters, um, they're asking why, why, why are the supporters or the fans not allowed at the press conferences, um, like the coaches and the players in the mix zone. Um, and they really didn't have an answer for that really. Uh, but, uh, the main, th- main takeaway is, is that no one knows what the hell we were doing. I don't, I don't think much the coach knows we were doing. I guess he was just trying things. Um, cause I think the main, the main point is that other teams have figured us out what we do. It's very simple. And once teams have figured out, you know, and the, and the Hinrunda, um, it's kind of new to everybody. Wagner's new to the league. Uh, yes, we've seen him in other leagues, but um, what Shock has been doing to them is just like this is the first time seen. But once they come back around, most good managers will adapt to what you're doing. And if you only have one way to play, they're going to snuff you out. And as we've seen in the last three games, I mean, one goal in the last three games against the bottom feeders of the league, that's not good enough. And my confidence, you know, throughout most of the league, but through most of the season, has been, and, and for the chances of making Europe, was pretty good, right? After these three games, I'm not feeling confident at all. We can't even score against the bottom feeders. How are we going to do well? Yeah, we've had quick turnarounds uh, other parts of the season. We beat Leipzig already this season. We beat Gladbach also. But I'm not feeling confident, Jack, about making the about making a European spot at this rate. We need to improve tremendously if we have, want to have any chance, not only Champions League, but Europa League as well. And that's why football is a funny game, right? It's 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 hilarious how, yeah. how quickly the narratives can change. I mean, I remember hopping on the podcast with you just a few weeks ago after what was a pretty dominant victory. What against, the league? <laughs> yeah, I mean, against, you know, Gladbach. And I don't think either of us really said that. But, like, you know, we were very pleased with how that went. And it's just, it, you know, in an instant, it's gone the complete opposite direction after the shellacking by Bayern. And then just three pretty lifeless performances um, in the Bundesliga against some some really subpar opponents. Uh, it's frustrating. And so when you when you talk about that comment from Wagner about only being able to build down the wings, like I whose fault is that? I I would even question whether or not that's accurate. Right, and I'm sure he's right about that, and I'm wrong because I'm sure he has data people telling him that. But I'm actually going to have to do some digging and and see where our our chance creation comes from, or at least where our goals come from, because. And this is something else that you and I have mentioned, I think, at various points of time. Doesn't it seem to you that our best chances or where we look most dangerous is where we're able to win the ball and then we break on the counterattack through the midfield with combination play of like Harit and Serdar, yep. people like that, stretching the back line with you know Raman or somebody. That to me is what I think of when I think of the way this team looks most dangerous. So the fact that he's saying – you know, we really are only dangerous when we're creating down the wings. I mean, when's the last time you saw John Joe Kenny create a threat offensively? It's been a while. Down the, I mean, like, early, got off to a good season. Yeah, exactly. Got off to a good start um, early in the season doing that. But that hasn't been a thing lately. I mean, I think you can say that Bastion Ochipka has been fairly solid getting forward and, and playing in crosses. And But beyond him, like, I mean, I just, I just don't see that. So that's something I'll have to look into. But I, I find that out. I, I think you really need to rely on some of your more skillful players through the center. Um, and I know Harit has been going out in interviews recently, you know, kind of almost showing a lack of confidence and saying, Hey, maybe people have adjusted to me. I got to change up the way I play potentially to kind of get results and keep, keep up the goal scoring because, you know, I can't keep playing the way I was. Um, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of people on the team that are at a little bit of a loss for what's, what's going on right now. But, um, Hopefully we get that figured out pretty quickly because, like I said, already a six-point gap between us and Gladbach for that fourth-place position. And, and I mean, we're, we're closer to eighth place than we are to fourth at this point. So not good. 
Yeah, uh, and it seems like that gap is growing bigger between the Champions League spots and us, um, unfortunately. Uh, and that quote from uh, Andreas Ers, he, the, the person who put me onto it was actually uh, Der Koten Hollander. Um, he, uh, he, he's, he's left us lots of comments in, in the several last po- podcasts, and he actually had a comment for, for us as well. And he said, uh, his comment was, it seems our opponents have found a strategy against us, kind of what we were saying. Give the ball to Schalke and defend on your own half. Uh, Schalke hasn't have got a working plan of building up from behind. We're giving no opportunity to run the goal scoring play. <laughs> Shout out for that, <laughs> for mentioning the goal scoring play. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 certainly true. Um, I, teams have figured this out, and we it seems that the last third. So I, I agree with Wagner in the sense that we we do build up from the wings, but we typically once we get into the midway point, uh, just after the midway line, uh, we kind of funnel it back in the middle, and that's kind of I agree with you. We kind of score from the middle, um, but. We have no plan A, it seems like, and it seems like when teams, you know, park the bus against us, we just have no no other options. We just try to figure it out and do slow passing. It was a very slow passing game uh, for us. It wasn't any quick movements or quick attacking. You know, it runs off the ball. Um, and when you do that, when you don't do that kind of stuff, this is what happens. Zero goals. I'm mostly just gr- glad that um, Shalai didn't score against us. Again, yeah, right? Yeah, because that would have that been unfortunate. Um Let's just get into the lineups real quick. This has been a little bit disjointed of a podcast already, which is my fault. But um, just a couple things of note in this lineup. But once again, we saw Ramon and Greg Rich in that partnership up top. I was kind of hoping we were going to see a change there, and we didn't, which was unfortunate. And then when we did see a change to uh, that pairing in the middle of the match, it was actually Benito Ramon who came off rather than Greg Rich, which I thought yeah. was a strange move. Maybe it was just that you know it was a legs issue because you know Ramon runs so much, but. Um, I, once again, as we talked about last week, I would prefer to see that Raman Katuchu partnership and see what they can accomplish together. Um, I've obviously soured on on Greg Rich and the performances he's been putting in recently. Um, and then uh, Shup in the midfield partnership with Weston McKenney was the other one. Um, I think obviously a lot of people would rather see Stuart Serdar, um, potentially Caligiuri in front of McKenney as well. Um, Shup, I did not think had a particularly good game. In this one, uh, Weston McKinney was active but pretty sloppy. Um, also potentially missed the best goal-scoring chance of the game right yeah, at the end. Yeah. Um, I mean, you love to see him getting involved and, uh, you know, beating his man and getting a good header on it. But, I mean, he's, he's got to put that one away. Um, and then, uh, as you mentioned, Kenny, John Joe Kenny back into the lineup. And then uh, Tadebo in place of uh, Ozan Kabak. And that was, of course, because he had that injury, right? So yeah. um, they weren't sure if he could go a full 90, clearly. They subbed him on, I think, was it halftime? No, it was uh, 63rd minute, maybe. Um, so, I mean, clearly he was fit enough to play. They just didn't want to go and give him the full 90. I don't think they took Tadebo out because of anything he was doing poorly. Um, yeah, I think, at least I think he had a yellow in the 58, so maybe that had something to do with it, you know? Yeah, possibly. I, I thought Tadebo played... Um, fairly well. One of the things I continue to be intrigued by when it comes to him is, is not just his passing, but um, his ability to to take the ball forward on the dribble himself. Can I and jump in I, real quick on Tadeo? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I, I I love I love the kid. I love I love watching him play. He's so confident on the ball. Uh, but I I felt like in this game in particular, he had a bunch of sloppy passes. Um, that were very. It seemed uncharacteristic of him. It seemed like he was trying too hard to make like a, a crazy through pass or far pass on the other side of the pitch, and it would turn it over right in the middle. Uh, luckily, he never came back to bite us because a couple times he gave it to Quaison and a couple other guys. But for the most part, you know, he was very confident in the ball, even in his own box, and he'll like try to deke out the forward you know, instead of you know just kicking it away, which is you like to see, assuming that the guy can do it, right? So uh, I like I like him for the most part. Yeah, I, I've I've mentioned before. Um, 
I think when talking about Kabak potentially and, and what he can do, that we really haven't had a center back that can reliably do yeah. that since probably Joel Matip, right? Absolutely. Um, and th- that's a, that's a nice. It, it's not something crucial to have from a center back, but it's a nice added dimension to have. Um, you know, when occasionally, if you if there's a lot of horizontal passing going on, you can you can have a center back that's comfortable with the ball at his feet. It can can take somebody on, bypass like you know the first defensive line, and that that kind of opens things up. So, um, I like that from him anyway. I, I'm I'm pleased to see that he's been getting more opportunities early on than uh, you know Miranda had. Although I think obviously that's a byproduct potentially of of the injury issues at the center back position. But um, even even despite what you said about the passing, um, I, I think. I've been overall fairly impressed with him so far, so not a bad addition to the squad. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, you have any comments on the lineup choices, you know, Shupf and, and others? No, I mean, um, it's fairly standard lineup uh, in terms of the last couple of games or whatever, and, and, and I'm, I'm comfortable with all these guys who are out there. You know, it's nice to see Shuff out there, maybe not in the position that he played necessarily, but I like I like seeing him on the pitch. Uh, I, I Like you, I'm kind of not growing anymore against uh, Gregorich, kind of – Trying to pull away from that, um, I, I I would love to see Roman and, and Katucha hook up to see what they would do. Um, to Debo, I was fine with Kenny. You know, Nubel. Uh, it's funny looking at the ratings, and, and this is just one. I, I looked through a couple of ratings, but this one in particular from Football Critic. It's funny because like everyone on the defensive end from Schalke, so Mascarell, and then the back four or back five, you include Nubel, all had ratings of about seven or higher, and then everyone in the attacking aspect was like a six. Uh, it shows you how defensively we were we were pretty solid for the most part, uh, but offensively we were just very dreary, very drab. So um, it's 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 telling us, and it's black and white right there. It tells you how how where we were good and where we were not good. Yeah, I mean, twenty seven goals conceded this season. That, that's still the fourth best record in the in the league. And obviously, our our expected goals allowed is a little bit higher than that. So you could argue that we've been overperforming a little bit in that end. But twenty seven def- goals conceded is a is a good defensive metric. Um, it's once again, it's the offense, right? Where we are. I mean, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think. Maybe like eighth or ninth. And that's, in, that's in, crazy because we gave goal five scored. goals against Byron. It would be even less, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, that <laughs> that game in particular, like. Well, both mass- games really eight. I mean, goals. yeah. I mean, so eight of those twenty seven have come against Bayern Munich. Wow. So, I mean, we're looking at 19 goals conceded in 20 games against opponents. That's pretty good. That aren't Bayern Munich. Um, <laughs> no, it's very good. It's it's less than a goal a game. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's just once again, the, the, the goals for are just not, not there for us at the moment. And that was something that we had talked about for a while. It's like that has to get addressed. Otherwise, it's going to be really hard to maintain this Champions League chase. Um, you know, they bring in Gregorich, which none of us disliked it maybe wasn't enough but i think all of us felt pretty positive about that move you know it was a good guy to add to the squad and yeah, got yeah. off to a good start but he he hasn't been good the last few games and i mean the fact that wagner's you know in the 82nd minute of a 0-0 draw against you know uh what 15th place opponent that the substitution he makes is taking off harit for a left back yeah i mean i wanted to talk about that and i forgot until you just mentioned but yeah that's, I mean, no one likes to see that. And, and I think he ended up pushing Ochipka a little bit further up. So, I mean, it wasn't like an entirely defensive substitution in terms of adding another defender because I think he let Ochipka have a little bit more reign going forward. But just, I mean, the idea that we're playing a team that we should beat, right? Um, it, and it's a 0-0 draw, so the game is there to be won. There's three points on the table for us to go after. And you take off, I think without a doubt, our best offensive player and bring on... You know, uh, 
a youthful loney who's a defenseman. It's just it's just a strange decision. And I mean, I don't know if that speaks to the confidence that maybe David Wagner has where he felt like, you know, it was more likely at that point that we were going to concede than score. But um, I mean, it's kind of speaks volumes about where we are at the moment. And uh, it's frustrating. It is, and I'm trying to think of what other game it was where we did the same thing. And uh, against Hertha Berlin in the 0-0 game, we took out uh, Weston McKinney for Tadebo uh, late in the game when you're trying to when you're when you draw a 0-0 and you need a goal and you bring on a defender. Um, Paderborn, I don't believe we did something like that. Uh, no, no, but uh, yeah, overall, it's just. Uh, you don't like those tactics. We've talked about it all season long, and and, and more recently, those couple games that we've mentioned there. Um, we we've been talking at nauseum about what we should do in goal scoring play, uh, trying to get some more goals on the team. But um, it seems like Wagner sticking to his guns, and, and and at times that is good, right? Uh, sometimes you pull out of it and you look like a genius, but at other times, with like uh, maybe even Tedesco. You 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 don't really change much, and then and and the results happen. What the end result ends up being is that you get you get fired. I'm not saying that he's going to be fired or anything like that, but I think Wagner needs to find some tweaks in the system because the teams are figuring him out um, and try to find new wrinkles. And if he thinks wing plays the only way we can score, maybe you should try to drop some plays in the middle that you can try to open that up, and, and then that, that way we have more opportunities overall, not just uh, on the wings. But um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, what are you? What are your thoughts on? Um, I mean, outside of the goal scoring play, th- this is this is really simplistic, and there's so much more that goes into it than this. So this is some people might roll their eyes when I say this, um, but if you look at Bayern Munich, RB Leipzig, Dortmund, Gladbach, um, even Leverkusen, arguably, you, you look at the the roster when it comes to specifically like their forwards, their attacking talent. On paper, we should be in sixth place because they all have better, more premier attacking talent than we do. Yeah. So, I mean, from that perspective, it's not necessarily overly surprising that we are where we are on the table because, I mean, they're scoring more goals because they have better attacking players. Um, and you just you just wish that Schalke were in a position financially where they'd be able to splash the cash a little bit and and bring in a big signing instead of, you know, I mean, you look, you look at the, the, the people that we've, we've signed or at least brought back into the fold. I mean, the guys that have gotten minutes over the past couple seasons, um, you know, Mark Hoot, despite his, you know, his purple patch here for, for Cologne or whatever, uh, since his Loma, but like, you know, like Mark Hoot and Benito Raman and Gregorich and Steven Skribsky and, uh, you know, uh, uh, his name escapes me, uh, Toykert, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, no, no offense, but like, who are these guys? And like I haven't been, I, like I'm, I'm trying to give Raman credit because I think he's been doing what he can. And I think he's been playing all right, but I mean, that that is not a roster that reflects a Champions League spot, let alone a team that can even compete in the Champions League. I mean, we had issues at at various times over the past decade, right? But at least during that decade, we had Raúl, we had Huntelar, we had guys that could put put goals in the back yeah. of the net, yeah. and we just really haven't found that since the departure of the, of those players, particularly Huntelar. Even though he was, you know, he was getting criticized because of his lack of contributions over the past couple of seasons. But I mean, he was he, even he was putting up numbers better than a lot of people we've had. He never scored less than fifteen goals. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, Franco <laughs> DeSanto. Jeez, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, like, I mean, so part part of me is like, God, you know, there, there's a lot of things that maybe Wagner can do to to make us play better and improve because obviously it's a lot more complex than just using your team sheet but sometimes you take a step back and you look at it and you're like well it makes sense like we don't we don't have great talent 
in those areas. I think I think our best talent right now is is defensively and in our in our midfield. And I yeah. don't think anyone really argue with that. So I mean, hopefully that's something we can address in the summer. Um, obviously we have a job to do before then, and we're going to have to find a way to get the results with with the people that we have. And, and we've shown at times that we're capable of it. So I guess it's just about consistency. Potentially Wagner injecting some fresh ideas into the team to get them excited about things and make them maybe a little bit less predictable when it comes to, um, you know, opposition game planning and, and, and this and that. But, um, yeah, it, it's disappointing because we've, we've dropped two points in three consecutive matches in games where you feel like we, we should have, or at least very much could have gotten better results. And now, you know, we have to try to turn things around against Leipzig, which is not an easy task. Obviously Leipzig sitting comfortably, uh, in second place with 45 points, they've scored 56 goals this season compared to our Man. 32. Um, also have a better defensive record than us by two. Um, the only silver lining I can give any of our listeners for this Leipzig match is, despite 45 points, despite you know a, a second place standing in the table currently. Let me ask you this, Richard: Who have Leipzig beaten? That's good. Who have Leipzig beaten? That. That is good. That is a it, good question. I'll tell you something. They haven't beaten Bayern Munich. They have not. They haven't beaten Schalke yet. They haven't beaten Eintracht. They uh, haven't beat Gladbach. No, no, they, they have beat. They have beat Eintracht. Oh, they did. They did. You're they, right. You're they right. have. They haven't beat Dortmund. They beat Union Berlin. <laughs> they haven't beat Bayer Leverkusen. They no. haven't beat Freiburg, as far as I'm concerned. They have one win against Gladbach, and as far as the top seven teams go, I think that's their only victory. Yeah, so the silver lining, yeah, the silver lining is that despite them being in a very good position, they have not performed as perhaps you would expect them to against some of the bigger teams in the league. So that should maybe give us some hope. Obviously, one of those results was against Schalke when we beat them three 0 right? So yeah, um, when I bank on that to happen again, of course not. But <laughs> don't necessarily have a great track record against some of the tougher opposition in the league this season. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, at least they're beating the teams they're supposed to be, right? Like they beat Mainz 8 nothing earlier in the season. Well, yeah, and that's the difference, right? We're drawing 0-0 yeah. zero, zero against Mainz, and they're putting up 8 goals <laughs> against Mainz, and that's why they have 56 and we have 32. And we, we, we stressed the last three games how important it was for us to try to get as many points as possible out of these three because there was a gauntlet coming up, and, and it's starting with Leipzig, you know, obviously this Saturday, and then following that we play our bogey team, which is in Cologne, which we never do well against. Uh, we have um, Bayern in the uh, Pokal, followed by Hoffenheim, and, and then the big Revere Derby. So it's not going to get easier if we want to get back in. If we want to turn things around. We're going to have to do it against some good opponents. Um, for, starting first with Leipzig, uh, as you mentioned, they are currently in second place, and they have a lot of attacking power. Um, uh, Nagelsmann has got this team playing very well, and uh, it's certainly going to be difficult for us. What 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 scares me most about this team, and I'll tell you what scares me most about this team is that uh, Leipzig has pace from front to back. Right? We know Werner, we know all the all the guys they have in the attacking end, but you know Upamecano and some of these other guys in the back, they're all quick as well. And uh, the wingers, they have really fast wingers. It's just a fast team overall. And obviously they got a guy like Marcel Sabitzer who can who can launch a ball from anywhere with freaking venom. So what scares you most about with about Leipzig? Well, I mean, clearly it's Timo Werner and his his ability to flop. <laughs> yeah <laughs> still mentioning that um uh, hold a grudge much no um <laughs> not Nagelsmann's an excellent coach I think that's pretty well established even though he's still very very early into his his you know top flight managerial career Nagelsmann's a good coach he has his team you know exceptionally well drilled and they have they have great talent on top of that and yeah I mean as you said there's there's a lot of different ways they can hurt you um 
and they have they have some premier talent. And there's a lot of places on the pitch where you would look and you you know if you were ticking the box for Schalke or Leipzig, you you might tip the box for Leipzig there. So, um, I mean, I, I think our best bet against them is is probably the way that we've we've won a lot of matches this season, which is just be as defensively solid as possible and then try to exploit people on the counterattack because yeah. we have we have the players um, who can who can win those battles when you have, you know, like a three on two advantage or, you know, whatever it is like, yeah, we obviously struggle to break down teams that are sitting a little bit deeper. Um, and because of our lack of ideas, I guess when we get into the final third, uh, I wouldn't necessarily expect Leipzig to try to play that way. So I guess maybe that bodes well for us, but it's really just going to be about, you know, whether or not we can withstand the storm that they're probably going to present and then capitalize on the chances we have. We did a good job of that the first time around. And, um, you know, hopefully we can do that again. It will be interesting to see whether each manager tries to change their approach from the way that that game went, um, in the Hinrunda because, uh, notorious for that. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. I mean, he's an excellent coach. I'm, I'm sure he's going to tweak some things and find a way to outsmart Wagner this time. But I mean, cause I mean, we talked about this on the, on the podcast in the Hinrunda. like I thought Wagner's game plan for that was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, Leipzig would try to f- cycle the balls out from their center backs to their fullbacks. And then, you know, we had the diamond there and we'd, we'd, we'd close those fullbacks out with fantastic quickness. I mean, our reactions to that were great. And we put them under a lot of pressure and made it very, very difficult for them to build. Caused a lot of turnovers, which we were able to exploit on the counterattack, that sort of thing. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll see if Nagelsmann's able to come up with, um, you know, a, a system or, you know, a style of play for this one that is able to negate some of that Schalke pressure if that's the way that... Wagner wants to play because that's that's somehow how we've had um, success against the bigger teams, right? When we've done that against Gladbach and, and Leipzig, so um, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that one. Yeah, it's funny how uh, how a few months change when going into the Leipzig game in the first in the Hinrunde, we were coming off of three consecutive wins against uh, Hertha, Paderborn, and Mainz, and uh, scoring three goals a game average in those games. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great shout. Um, I, I like your, I like your shout about, um, Wagner using a similar gameplay where, you know, soak it up defensively and counter. And if he does do that, Gregor, should be dropped. Right. And the most logical insertions would be either Robbie Matando or Ahmed Katuchu. Uh, do you feel that either one will be more beneficial in the counter game? Um, obviously Matando has a lightning speed, right? But, um, do you think? I mean, who do you who do you think has a slight more advantage uh, in the in the counter situations, uh, Matando or or Katuchu? It, it depends on what you're looking for. I mean, I think if you're talking about a partnership, then I would absolutely choose Ramon and Katuchu over Matando and, and right. Ramon because I feel like those are very similar players, Matando and, and Benito Raman. Um, and I feel like Katuchu offers you something else that right. that Matano doesn't. I mean, if you're talking, if you're if you're literally just going for, hey, let's play long balls over the top and, and put pressure <laughs> on their back line, then like, yeah, it's Robbie Matano and it's not close because the guy's got lightning pace. But um, I think I think Katuchu is a more complete player at this point in time. At least that's what he's demonstrated to me. Right. Um, he has more well-rounded skills in a more in a wider variety of areas than Matano does. Matano's got a lot of pace. And there's some things he does he does really well, but I think he's a little bit more inconsistent and, and maybe you know not quite the touch potentially that Katuchu has. Um, anyway, um, I mean, just even in general, like Gregorich dropped. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel good about him at the moment, particularly going into a match against a big opponent like Leipzig. I, I I'm not out on him. Like 
in general for the second half of the season. I, I understand the logic behind bringing him in, and um, he's had his moments where he's looked okay. Uh, I just think, you know, in, in, in general, his performances the last few weeks have been significantly worse than um, we were hoping they were going to be based on that that initial Gladbach game where he was, you know, involved in so many different aspects of the game. I like it. Um, I'm predicting that this whole last three, four-game spell was just a way to divert and throw Leipzig off their game and, and overlook us, and then we're going to show up again and, and really put it to them and give another win against them. <laughs> Let's hope. Oh man, I just want to see some kind of reaction on Saturday compared to the last, you know, three games. Lackluster, lifeless, as you mentioned. We've been saying that for how long? They're like, oh, you know, as long as we four get a reaction years, out of this club, four years. you know, after that Bayern result, like it'll be fine. What have we done after that five 0 to Bayern? Like, nothing, nothing. Nothing. Outside of you know showing some, some you know commendable fight. In the DFB Pokal fixture against Hertha Berlin, albeit you know down a man for part of that, um, yeah, we haven't shown much of a, a reaction at all. So I, I I can't say I share your optimism, but hopefully uh, you're right and I'm I'm wrong on this one. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, that's uh, I mean I don't know what else. There's probably nothing else left to talk about in this game or or Leipzig, um, unless there's something else you want to talk about. No, I think we've said uh, about all we need to say on this one, and I'm, I'm sure our listeners uh, don't want to listen to us yeah. drone on about a nil-nil draw um, any longer than we already have, probably. So This is a short podcast for a reason. There uh, wasn't much to talk about in this one, so hopefully the next podcast is a little bit longer. Uh, <laughs> keep tuning in each week as we bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. We want to thank Schalke, Fox Soccer. Oh, you know what? Screw Fox Soccer. Excuse me, I'm going to go on a rant real quick. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, obviously the rates are, are through the roof or whatever, but now... I thought I know I'm not the only one. As maybe you can let me know if you're you're having issues with them too. I'm trying to watch you know like uh, games on demand, including the shock one again. And it says, oh, the game's not available in your country, and it's not working on the app. Are you having the same issues? I haven't had any new issues outside of the general bugginess of that app that has kind of been present for I think the entirety of its existence as far yeah. as the the broadcast rights go. Yeah, this is but- the last couple of days. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you you would hope that a company like Fox would kind of honor their contract and provide, yeah. you know, the same level of support for that product that they had, you know, throughout its run when when they had the rights locked up. But um, obviously, that that might not be the case. I know we've already seen, you know, they used to annotate all the matches, right? Yeah, they're on demand. Anymore. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. They can't be bothered. So, and meanwhile, they're still charging you what twenty bucks a month. Yep. For yeah, it's 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 absurd. So I mean, yeah, you can get here for quick enough. And some, and it's funny because some people aren't really looking forward to that ESPN move, but uh, I, I can't imagine it's going to be much worse than what we've experienced uh, with Fox so far. So uh, your rant is well received on my end. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all about it. <laughs> uh, if there are any topics you would like us to discuss, send us a tweet at Shock America. We want to give a shout out to our good friends over at NBC4 Nashville. Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? J M Mangan, J M M A N G A N. I want, very good. And once again, I'm your host, Richard Carmen. You can find me at R underscore K H A R M A N on the Twitter sphere and Instagram and wherever else you want. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready and we'll be with you soon. Shoes. Shoes.